Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And today I have a southern neighbor of mine from South Dakota. Jada Dobesh is with me today. So welcome, Jada. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So I am excited to talk to you because recently, as in last week, I had a Reiki practitioner start in my office. She's renting space for me. And I have had Reiki done in the past, but I have had some concerns from my patients and my friends about Reiki. So before we jump into Reiki, please tell me about you and what you do, because I've been on your website and I can see you encourage people to do better, be better, live better. I love it. So tell me what you do, why you do what you do, where you are. Tell us all the things. Yeah, well, I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, just last November opened up Sailor Space, which is a holistic wellness cooperative. Um, I, within that, offer services like spiritual direction and Reiki um, and Enneagram coaching and trainings and uh, cupping and aromatherapy. Um, and then I have, I rent space out to other practitioners. We have a mental health counselor and, um, a yoga therapist, and we're desperate for a massage therapist, but haven't found the right person yet. Um, so yeah, we, we offer memberships, uh, that allow us to help every person heal wholly and then, um, commit to their wellness in a really sustainable way. Um, and so that's, that's what I do. The bulk of what I do is, um, Reiki and spiritual healing though. So I love this. Like, I want you here. I, I <laughs> want to, I want to be a member. I want to be there because you are looking at the whole of a person. And I love that because a lot of times we go to a doctor and we have high blood pressure. So we mm -hmm. just take a pill for high blood pressure. Anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows I completely respect all professions, but I do sometimes get frustrated because are we going to be on this forever? Why do we need it forever? Could, is there anything else we could do? And we only look at one symptom and you are looking at the person as a whole. And I love that you are so respectful of the actual person. So I've had Reiki done a couple times. I really liked it. It's very hard for someone like me to explain it to someone. So what the heck is it? Yes. So I have a very uh, deep and strong Christian background. So that's where I am going to speak to this from. Not every Reiki practitioner is Christian. Reiki is not a religion. I like to get that out of the way right away. Uh, Reiki is a form of healing and um, it's done by the laying on of hands. Um, and so this is for me, um, I guess the best way I can describe it is this. I started as a spiritual director and that looks a lot like therapy. Um, if you're like on the outside looking in, uh, we sit across from each other in two separate chairs and we talk about your spirituality. And what I found was I just wanted to get my hands on everybody that was in my office. I just wanted to uh, hold their hand or hold on to them and, um, and offer prayer in a really like a more tangible way. And that's where I got called to Reiki is it allowed me that intentional focused hands-on time to lay 
hands on to my patients, my clients, and um, hold space for them in a new way, in a really powerful, prayerful way. And so that's the gist of Reiki on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like you climb up on a massage table and lay down with your eyes closed. I might put crystals on you. I might use tuning forks. I use a lot of essential oils, uh, sage, those sorts of things, and start at the top of your head and work to the bottom of your feet, um, just praying over each piece of you and uh, seeking what is not well with your soul and uh, what needs some encouragement, what needs some healing. And then we can come back out um, into the room I'm currently in and um, talk through what all of that means and kind of create um, tangible ways for you to go home and continue to take care of your soul. So I, I love all of these things that you are saying. So I, I had a couple people approach me and And I say this in complete respect. So if someone is listening to this, I am not saying this because I'm judging. I really want to get to the bottom of this. And I really feel good after this. So I don't want people to not do something because they are afraid it's satanic because that is the, I am not that. Okay. So I felt super spiritual and super connected to God after I did Reiki and I'm trying to explain that to my husband and he's looking at me like, well, I mean, you weren't in church. Why are you saying this? And I said, well, cause it was almost like I could just talk to God. And he's like, well, you know, you can talk to God because you can pray. I'm like, I know you just, you really can't explain it. It's just, it's something different, but I just felt so good after I had it done. But I had a couple people reach out to me and say, you, you could invite Satan in just like meditation. You can invite Satan in, in yoga. You could invite Satan in, in, I was so taken aback because I thought, oh my gosh, did I, did I not think about this? Am I, am I doing something bad? But it's your intention, correct? Because like when I'm doing yoga, I'm thinking about my hamstrings because you know, they're hurting or burning or when I'm doing Reiki, when I'm doing Reiki, I'm not really thinking about a lot. I'm thinking, I am thinking about energy, but Mm -hmm. what, what are you saying when people say, when we do things like this, we could be inviting Satan in? Um, my response to that is always, of course you could be, um, but are you scripture says the enemy comes to steal and cheat and destroy. Um, none of those things require an invitation. You don't have to invite Satan anywhere. He's not a gentleman. God is. And so anytime you are sitting down or laying down, and holding, like allowing space, any spiritual practice is a container. All we're doing is laying out the big picnic blanket. When we, when we choose a spiritual practice, whether it's Reiki or it's prayer, or we're going to read our Bible, or we're going to do uh, worship, you're laying out a big picnic blanket and, and inviting God into this space with you. That's an invitation. He is invited and he does wait. God will wait for you to invite him so often. Satan is not waiting for your approval to come in. Mm-hmm. That gave me goosebumps. Oh, thank you. 
I liked it. And there is, I will, I will share this link too. And a friend of mine shared this link. And that is why I reached out to you um, that you had written about this topic. And I loved that part, how you said God is a gentleman and he waits for you, you know? Um, So I I absolutely love that analogy. So if you hear someone say that Reiki, if they try to compare it to a Ouija board, what do you say? Honestly, I don't know if I would justify that question with an answer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not. And what are you afraid of? I would really, I would move the conversation to what's really bothering them. What are they afraid will happen if they get on that massage table? Mm -hmm. What is the worst thing that can come from laying down and relaxing in a quiet room while somebody prays for you? Mm-hmm. what about that is scary to you is it the vulnerability is it trusting somebody else with your energy and you can't tell me you don't have energy we are we are made of energy everything is energy like I don't justify that question either um I get a little sassy about <laughs> these kinds of things because well most of the time in my experience I get these questions a lot Um, most of the time it comes from, I was going to schedule an appointment with you, but then I asked my pastor what he thought. And he said, X, Y, and Z, like, it's bad. It lets the devil in. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Whatever. And all the respect to pastors, all of them. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. Most of these pastors don't know anything about Reiki. Most of these pastors are afraid of it themselves. And they're just trying to protect their congregation. That is what they're called to do. That's so important. But I would not go ask a mechanic about my blood pressure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's just not an appropriate person to ask about Mm -hmm. that too. Mm -hmm. And so ask a Reiki practitioner. And like I said at the beginning, not all Reiki practitioners are Christian. So yes, you've got to find the right one for you mm-hmm. so that you can feel comfortable in that space. The same is true for a therapist. If you, if talking about God uh, with your therapist is important to you, you shouldn't find an atheist therapist. Mm-hmm. That would not be a good fit. And so um, the, I got a little long-winded there. The point is when when you have these questions, go talk to somebody that actually has experienced these things. And if you are asking questions about it, there's a curiosity in you. That curiosity might be an invitation from God to meet him there. Mm. So just explore that. And if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. Right. And that's okay too. Nobody's no, nobody's throwing you on the table and forcing you to stay there and get Reiki. Nobody's pushing this on you. Mm-hmm. So what about Reiki and children? I love Reiki for children. When I have fussy babes at home, I've got an almost three-year-old. She'll be three next week. And then my son will be one in October Um, When they are fussy, when they are teething, when they have a tummy ache, um, and I've always done this, Reiki or not, you, you lay your hands on them and you comfort them, right? This is a very maternal thing to lay hands 
on your children mm -hmm. and you're praying for them. You pray they feel better. You're comforting them. So when I got Reiki attuned, then it just, like, I started thinking about how my hands on them can heal them through Christ. So why wouldn't I try to do that on my kids? That's not going to hurt them. No. And, and I've had, um, a couple of kids, um, I think I had, I've had an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old in for appointments. I don't use as many, uh, like I don't use sage when the kids are in there because that can just be an overwhelming scent. I want them to feel comfortable. Um, so you kind of tone it down, but really what God, when Jesus was here, he healed kids. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I, is a session with a child then shorter than an adult? Oh yeah, they don't sit still. <laughs> That's a good point. They don't. They don't sit still. Um, so it lasts as long as they can sit there for. Then it's not productive. So why try to keep them there? Sure. Okay. So my next question is, what do you mostly see when patients are coming to you? I have a lot of people on the show where we seem to be the last resort. I've tried everything. I need help with X, Y, and Z. No one's listening to me. I know I have a problem, whatever, you know, and we see people at all different walks of life. What is something super common that you see people for? I actually um, stumbled into a fun new niche. Most of my clients are women, um, but have uh, reproductive health concerns. Um, infertility, endometriosis, PCOS, um, painful periods, not getting their periods, those kinds of things. Um, and they are just so fed up, particularly those who have been doing IVF and they've been doing all of these things. And the thing I keep hearing is, well, IVF didn't work. So they just wanted me to do it again. And there's no proof that it's going to work again. The second time, if it didn't work the first time, why are, and we're not going to change anything. And so I'm just supposed to fork over all this money again. And I thought, why don't I try Reiki and acupuncture for a while and see if those things can help. Um, and, and what I'm finding is, um, first of all, the deep connection between psych, um, sexual and childhood traumas and reproductive health concerns. Um, everybody that has walked into my office that has a painful period or PCOS or endometriosis um, have sexual trauma. And once they, we can get to the root of that healing, then we can create um, a new healed space within their womb that um, isn't painful anymore or allows space for a baby or... Um, it's crazy. Wow. This is not what I was going to be doing with my life. This is not what I expected, but it's unbelievable. The connection that, that has been found through this space. Wow. That is not what I was expecting. I was expecting you to no. say anxiety or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. We get lots of that. We, I have people that don't have migraines anymore and I have people who, um, can sleep better now and they're so much less anxious that they're here once a month. And, um, all of those, uh, things where you, you kind of think like, well, it can probably help me with that. Um, but most people don't expect that it can 
take away period pain, that mm. their back won't hurt anymore, that um, just like real miracles are happening. I had somebody come in who had a severe concussion and after her session, she could be outside in the sunlight again, noise didn't bother her again. She considered it a straight up miracle. And a deep woman of faith, um, so strong in her faith. Wow. How about Lyme's disease? Have you ever seen any Lyme's patients? I have not. I, no, I've not. I do have someone with Hashimoto's right now. We're working on that. Um, but no, no Lyme's disease. Hmm. Just curious. Yeah. So I do tend to share maybe more information than people want to ever hear, but I like to get the answers from the professionals. So the reason I decided to do Reiki is because I feel like I have this little blue ball, like right under my sternum. Mm. And when I'm in a funk, the ball's just there. But like every now and then I just, it's like, it feels like it's a ball of energy that I just need to release it. And then I am living my best life. But And I can literally tell you when I think that the ball got turned off because it was something that someone said to me and Mm. I kind of reevaluated everything like that. Oh, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't act like that. I shouldn't say this and whatnot. But do people say that? Do people feel like they have stuck energy? I don't even, I know nothing like about the chakras. I mean, I've had people on and they've explained it. I'm not fluent in it at all. So I don't even think like right under the sternum is like a big deal. It is actually, um, that's your, that's where your solar plexus sits. And that is the yellow chakra in case anybody cares. Um, but it is where your power, strength, courage, um, confidence, self-worth, all of that sits right there. And so if somebody said something to you that questioned that, it absolutely is stuck energy from that that kept it turned off. And you've got really beautiful imagery. Most of my clients do not speak that way at first Mm -hmm. um, about their thing. They come in because they've just got an ache right here and they don't know what to do with that. And like they can't get it to go away. And they've tried Tums and they've tried stretching and they've (laughs) gone to the chiropractor and nothing is getting rid of that thing. And, oh yeah, somebody said this horrible thing to me and now I don't feel like I can do my job well. Um, and then you make that connection and we go in, you get on the table and we pull that energy out, but it's, it's sitting there for a reason. Um, and the better you are able to identify it and understand it, the easier it is for you to get things back to the way they are. And you're going to do most of that on your own. Mm-hmm. most of what Reiki um, is in addition to prayer is kind of kicking the dust up um, of all of the things that are not sitting well with your soul. And then you have to sort through them. You have to work through them mm-hmm. and you can do that with somebody. Conversation is so important um, and such a healing process. You can journal about it. You can do all kinds of things. You can ground into who you are to um, correct that statement that is now part of your, um, the conversation in your head. Um, You got to kind of rewrite that right over it, so to speak. Um, But there, yeah, there's, 
there's a lot that can sit right there. And most people don't know how to articulate that uh, when they first come in. Hmm. So is it weird that it's blue? It's not weird. Um, It's impressive that you know what color it is. What does blue mean to you? I don't, I, well, I'm a big water person. Like I love water. Yeah. But regarding, um, so you said that this is a ball of energy that is usually kind of the fire for Mm -hmm. you. Like it gets you going and excited and passionate and powerful, all of that. Yeah. Like I, and I know I've mentioned this before and we've talked about how, like when I feel like it's on, I am more Mm -hmm. apt to be walking through my house and like singing and I'm much more animated and much less serious. Mm -hmm. Um, with all that I do, like with my children, with myself, with my patients, whatever. And when it's off, it, I am not, I am not walking down the hallway singing and doing whatever, but it is the strangest thing because it's like this beautiful glowing blue and Uh it's been on now for a while, but it still feels like something stuck. So I always think, because I want people to know that your journey of life and your journey of health is like hand in hand. So you're not going to get Reiki once and just feel like a brand new person, just like you're not going to take a pill once and it's going to fix whatever ailment you have. Not one chiropractic adjustment, right? You also need to find practitioners and doctors who respect you and will meet you where you are. So Jada's obviously not going to tell you to come in three times a week for Reiki, I'm not going to tell someone to come in three times a week for the rest of their life to get adjusted. So everyone is so different, but it, the journey does not stop and you don't want it to stop. Right. Well, how stagnant if everything was like, if you fixed everything and you were just done, that means you're not growing anymore. (laughs) That means you're not um, being affected by anything. I mean, this is a lifelong process, but man, people do not like it when the chiropractor says they have to come back like they don't like it. No. And I had someone tell me, he said, well, if you can put it out into place, then you can put it out of place. And then you want me to come back. And I said, wow, you've been to some chiropractors that really have no integrity because if yeah. you think your chiropractors are trying to make you worse, mm-mm, no, sir, that is not how I operate. <laughs> it's so funny that they, oh man. And then for my Reiki clients, most of them are like, when should I come back? And I'm like, when do you want to come back? (laughs) When you feel like you need it. When you feel like you need it. They're like, but so like next week, I'm like, if that's, if that's right for you, absolutely. But, and I always tell my clients, if it's, if the health, if the self-care or the health care is um, financially draining, it's self-care list. And so we want to find a rhythm and a price point that is going to serve you well without stressing you out and making you dread your appointment or cancel your appointment last minute or all of those things too. So how often do you have it done on yourself? You, you can't treat yourself. Can you, I can treat myself. It's kind of, um, like you could probably crack your own neck, but you don't probably like sometimes maybe I, don't I could know. use the activator on it but no right. I like when someone else works right. on it because I don't want it I don't want to do it yeah um so I like to go once a month 
Um, sometimes it stretches to six weeks. Some, I've gone um, back to back when I was going through a rough thing. Um, it just, I really try to just listen to what my energy needs. The cool thing about Reiki is, uh, and about prayer in general, really, um, when I'm working on somebody, God's also working in me. So it really is um, not terribly draining. Um, it's actually quite life-giving to give Reiki as well. Um, so that kind of keeps you going longer than if you were just not performing Reiki on people. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. How about men? What do you see men mostly for? Oh my gosh, I love working with men. First of all, when you give a woman advice, she's like, yeah, that's really good. I'm going to do that. And then she'll come back six months from now and be like, oh my gosh, I, it just occurred to me that I should do this thing and it worked. Isn't that amazing? And you're like, yeah, I told you that six months ago, <laughs> but I'm glad you came to it. Good. Uh, men come, they say, what do I need to do? You tell them. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, I did that. And it worked. <laughs> wow. But, um, I have seen men for, uh, not quite as often, uh, not for as many things, but a lot of, um, a lot of the men that I've seen have been really suppressed in their masculine energy. Um, and so their sacral and solar plexus chakras are often um, kind of turned down, dialed down um, because they're trying to be good gentlemen and all of those things, which is good, but it often gets pushed too far. And so then it's about tapping into their masculinity and their sexuality and their confidence in a healthy way and so I do a little bit of that I ooh, I don't know if I've told anybody this yet but I'm going to be offering couples uh Reiki pretty soon which is so exciting I'm so excited to do that but just to work on the spiritual and energetic relationship um and like teaching them to tune in and listen to each other more than just what they're saying or what their body language is saying um, and working as a couple to heal those things. Um, that's going to be really cool. So will you be able to feel if they do not have good energy together? Uh, this is sort of a thing that happens a lot. I, a lot of my clients over the past five years, I have had to tell them to separate or to a lot like dating couples too that it's time to not be together anymore um and that's got, just by seeing one of them by seeing one of them yeah I had one woman come in with terribly painful periods doctor diagnosed her with endometriosis she got on the table I said you don't have endometriosis you want a baby and she said my husband doesn't want kids we can't have kids and I was like, then you're going to have to reckon with your body, the fact that you're not going to have a baby. Um, and a month later, they got divorced because she couldn't let it go. She could not. She knew that's what she really wanted. And she was trying to shut that down within her. 
and they had to separate. And I am not advocating for divorce, but um, when it's affecting your health um, and your spirit in that way. And so it, that, that's just so painful and terrible and tragic, but it's, it's just a crazy, crazy thing that sometimes that isn't the choice you want, but it's the choice you need. Um, and to have encouragement to leave if that's what you need to do is so important. But there are so many couples who um, I kind of rag on premarital counseling because they don't teach you how to pray together and how to work through those kinds of things. Um, I grew up like sort of Lutheran, um, Methodist. I'm, I'm really kind of a mutt of denominations here, but <laughs> grew up I like when I go to pray I've got a list of things that I have got like I want to talk to God about and hear my suggestions thank you amen and my husband grew up Catholic and um came to this realization very young that he should only pray for peace about whatever God's going to do and so praying together can be really challenging because he's praying for whatever God wants. I just want to feel peace about it. And I'm like, hey, I've got plans. How do you <laughs> feel about them? And and so to learn how to merge those two different um, spiritual energies, spiritual presences and relationships with God, both great relationships with God. But how do we do that together as a couple is so important. Mm-hmm. I love it. I want my husband to do this. And he loves when I talk about him. He hates having this picture on social media. He hates any of it. And I was like, well, I mean, you're married to me. So you're part of my life. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have stuff about you. But I asked him last night, because I was going through your website and stuff again. And I said, would you do Reiki? If I got you a Reiki session, would you do it? And he goes, I don't know. And I know that there's not a lot of touching, you know, there's, yeah. right. It's not a massage or something like that, no. but I want him to do it because I want to see a, I want to see what the Reiki lady tells me about it. The Reiki practitioner tells me, yeah. um, and I shouldn't say Reiki lady, but that is what my, my <laughs> people in my patients now are saying the massage therapist and the Reiki lady. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> they call me the voodoo lady. So I don't care what you got to call us. Just come and see yeah. us and get yeah. it. But I would really like him to have a session. He has no concerns about any of this, but I'm very yeah. fascinated to find out um, what is what other people think about the energy, because I am not good. I'm good at reading energy. I have been in situations where I physically feel sick being in someone's presence. And at at first I just thought it was, you know, me, like something was wrong with me. And then once I started to dig in whatever, not that they're bad people, but I had their energy and my energy are so bad for each other. And I think if people would realize that they would really save themselves a lot of heartache. Yeah, they totally would. So I want everyone in my family to do it. And I'm sure everyone, Ryan Klein will definitely be the last one I'll be able to get there. But do you work on your husband? I do. I do, which is a really interesting dynamic. Um, Because like most people don't really question what I have to say. Mm, right. Um, but of course my husband does, which is great. Um, so we, I really have to be thoughtful about how I say things and how we discuss it. And he really challenges me to explain things. 
differently and those kinds of things so it's kind of a cool thing we don't do very often because we have two small children but right I get it so what are you saying to someone who is on the fence or a Reiki virgin what are you saying to them right now um Mostly I joke, like people often ask me if they need to wear socks because somewhere on the internet told them that they should bring socks to Reiki. You don't have to bring socks. Um, And that (laughs) I get the question, do I have to take my clothes off a lot? Absolutely. Please do not do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just listen to yourself. Ask yourself, do you really want to do this? Do you want to give it a try? And if you're nervous about it, why? What is it in you that is intimidated by this process of healing through touch and through prayer? What, what is it about that? Are you afraid of being healed? A lot of people hold on to their pain because it's comfortable to hold on to it and to uh, release that from their presence means that there's an emptiness Um, or there's no excuse, or they're not the victim anymore. And those kinds of things can be hard to let go of. So, so don't write it off. It just might not be, you might not be ready. Mm -hmm. I love it. I have found this very educational and very entertaining, and I am hoping my listeners do as well. And I'm hoping you all go out and find a Reiki practitioner and try this for yourself. And uh, because it's hard to explain, you just, it's just something that you need to experience. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on today and explaining um, the wonderful things that you do on a daily basis. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.